what's up, y'all? You're listening to the Don't Kick My Cones podcast uh, with Coach Brown. Of course, I'm Coach Brown. Uh, tonight's episode is called The Night Before. And the reason it's called The Night Before is because I'm coming to you right now the night before our first day of training camp. It is 11.59 p.m. Uh, I'm probably not going to sleep that much. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to want to. But I'm really excited. You know, uh, you know, despite how long I've been around the game of football, I still get nervous, especially, you know, before that, first, especially before the first training camp and the night before the first game. Um, you know, I hope I never lose that. I, I hope that um, I always feel nervous and excited. Um, and I, I, I'm a little terrified of the day that I don't. So, but anyway, you know, in this in this episode, I'm going to do a couple things. I'm going to give you a little bit of my backstory. Um, you know, how I got to coaching. Um, I would say, I should say, you know, most of my experience with football is very much so by accident. It has happened to me more than it's been something I've elected. Um, but it has been a deeply valuable part of my life. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about my story. The other thing is I'll talk about, you know, wh- what am I, what does a coach think about, right? And what is, what do I think about, right? The night before training camp, um, maybe it'll surprise you, maybe it won't. But, you know, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about what I'm thinking and then just talk to you about what I'm looking forward to the most. And then, uh, you know, I'll get up, I'll get out of your hair. So um, that'll be what it is. So I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I'll talk to you about, you know, what what a coach thinks about the night before and then tell you what I'm looking forward to. And and then I'll, you know, I'll give you all the promo stuff and and we'll go from there. So so let me start with this, Um, you know, in 2007. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wrapping up college and uh, I'm ready to kind of move on. Right. So I do two internships. I had a, a great internship down in Louisiana at a company called IESI. Um, it's a solid waste company, solid waste hauling. You know, I was an operations assistant. So I did, I mean, I did everything. And I really learned management and operations and finance, you know, from that internship. It was a, it was a phenomenal internship and they offered me a really good paying job. Um, but it was just not the thing I wanted to do. I think I was, at that point, I was hungry for something else. I, so I decided to go to grad school. Now, how I ended up also in grad school is kind of funny because, you know, with that internship, I had done my second one. And for our program, you have to do two internships to graduate. I had finished the second one. Um, and uh, so, you know, turned all the paperwork in. Someone at the registrar's office makes a mistake. They can't find the second internship. So they're telling me a couple of weeks before graduation, hey, you can walk, but you can't graduate without the second internship. And as you might imagine, I'm furious. I'm like, man, I, would, I just spent three months in Louisiana. You know, I turned into paperwork and you can just lose it. And that just is a problem for me, right? Like nobody was looking uh, for a way to solve the problem. It was just, they were kind of looking at me to be like, hey, this is your deal, go figure it out. And so, you know, I did what most players do. Right? I went to my coach. Um, at the college level, so much of your experience is with your coaches. Um, they do de facto become like big brothers, like like parents in some way. And so I talked to my coach, Coach DeWitt, um, who, by the way, shout out to Coach DeWitt, man. Phenomenal coach, the better man. Um, you know, the, the dude uh, always challenged me. He would make me mad <laughs> most days. Um, but you know, he always had my back. And so in this scenario, this is how it happened. I got into coaching because I went to coach DeWitt and I'm like, Hey man, you know, furious, man, this internship is messed up. You know, I, I'm not rich. My school is $36,000 a year. Like I, I can't afford this and I can't afford to take another year just to be able to get that credit. Right. And so he was like, well, look, man, um, 
I know you were looking at the grad school anyway. If you do that, I'll make you a grad assistant. You know, I get some tuition um, break and I get housing and I'll get a stipend and I can get that class for free. So that's what I did. Right. So I, I take that opportunity, um, you know, from Coach D and I get going. Well, you know, I get made to be the, the academic coordinator. Now, at this point, like I'm graduating college, I don't have the highest GPA. Um, <clears throat> you know, the way I say it is I hadn't understood. I just didn't understand the game of school. Right. Like I had gone to school and I was really, really trying to learn. <laughs> and, um, and it's not that you don't try to learn, but I was really trying to learn. But it was it was a messy process. Like I didn't have good systems to help myself um, do it. So I was taking in a ton of information and remembering it and able to apply it. I was getting much smarter, but I didn't know how to, to kind of succeed at the level that everybody cares about, which is, you know, the GPA and that sort of thing. And so it was during that process um, of being an academic coordinator that as I was doing the research to help other players, I learned it myself. And so I went from a guy who was a 2.45 undergrad to a 3.65 graduate student. And um, I think it was one of those things that was just realized like, oh, this is a system more than it is about knowledge. It's not about how smart you are. It's about how organized um, and structured and disciplined you are. And so, um, so that's that's something I'm actually going to bring to Highland. Um, is those lessons I learned, and, and you know, we did a phenomenal job of helping guys get their grades right. And so I did that, um, but I was also tied into tackles coach my first year, and I got to uh, coach this guy named Ken Dantzler, good football player, also just a hilarious human. Um, you know, anybody from my college, uh, they'll know what it means when I say, "Put cheese on my hand, coach." Right? <laughs> we <laughs> to this day we talk about it. Um, and uh, but it was it was a great experience, right? Um, to to do that. Um, my next year, my second year of my grad assistantship, I was a receivers coach. So I was coaching um, you know, wide receivers. I had about sixteen of them. A lot of great dudes. Um, shout out to Corey Kaboul again. Hit me up. He saw one of my one of our pictures, and he talked about that man. He was great dude, man. Um, and uh, we always had like a lot of conversations because uh, he's Pacific Islander. I used to live in Hawaii. Um, I'm still trying to get that Kahlua pork recipe, bro. Uh, I, I know it's a family secret, but if they ever let your boy have it, we'll treat it right. Um, but just like thinking about all that, you know, that was a phenomenal experience for me. But, you know, Coach DeWitt ends up, you know, out in that next year. Um, and now I'm facing down some issues. I'm going to be graduating from grad school. You know, um, you know, they were looking at, um, you know, bringing me on full-time, you know, paying me, that ends up falling through. They hire someone else um, and ask me to volunteer, and that was a no-go because I was getting married. It's 2009 now. I'm getting married in August. Actually, today's my anniversary, August 15th, and so, you know, I'm, I'm getting married August 15th, 20, uh, you know, 2009, and I, I can't. I can't go back to my fiance and be like, hey, I'm going to take this free job even though we're supposed to get married, <laughs> you know. And so I, I had to peace out. And it was one of the hardest things to do because I, I loved coaching. And, and it's, it's what I found to be important. Now, you know, I ended up getting a job with the Illinois Student Assistance Commission, working in higher education. This stuff actually ended up helping me, actually informs a lot of how I approach football and prepping guys for the next level. But um, it was where I actually realized, like, I didn't need a football field to coach. And so I was into coaching people, you know, students through that process. I spent, you know, the, the subsequent 13, 14 years, right, coaching people, whether it was with Public Allies, Twin Cities, or with the University of Minnesota, um, just so many jobs coaching. Um, and I had some stops, right, still coaching football, coached college ball at Wheaton College, 
um, had a phenomenal group of receivers. I mean, I can't even like name them all, but man, I, I just had like I was so fortunate to have those guys. We got like Mark Hibben and Morgan Cook, and what did we have? Um, uh, Luke Dorson. Man, that kid was, you know, he ended up becoming a pretty dang good receiver. David Washko, um, and just so many guys. Austin Langmeyer. They're just dudes. Grayson, Grayson Roberts. Man, a, a kid who ended up having you know concussion history stuff. But man, that kid play. And there were so, just so many guys, so many guys. And I don't want to disrespect nobody by not mentioning them. Y'all know, man, y'all y'all were players, man. And it was a great experience. Um, but during that time, again, it was, you know, me holding my skills down. And I really felt like I became a solid coach um, during that time at Wheaton. Wheaton has a really kind of strong program, perennial kind of top 10, top 15 program. Sent guys to the league. You know, it's great. Just a ton of good memories. Um, but, uh, you know, upon leaving there, you know, I go to University of Platteville, do a lot of coaching that's not football. Never was able to get on the staff there at the, at the college. Um, and then finally, I moved to Minnesota in 2015-16, right? And uh, get a job at the University of Minnesota. I'm at the point where I'm like, you know, I have so many gaps in my coaching uh, resume that uh, I don't even know. And to my coworker, Andrea, who's now um, helping us with our culture, and she's our kicking coach, um, you know, she tells me, she was like, well, hey, at my high school, um, you know, co- you know, coaches I check, you know, he, he might be looking for somebody, you know, he was my track coach in high school, all that kind of stuff. So she, you know, puts in my name, connects us. I ended up getting a gig, right? I'm the defensive coordinator um, at Highland Park High School. And I was, you know, I was really just about to give up. If, if it had fallen through with Highland, honestly, I'd have just been like, you know, maybe I'm just not meant to do coaching football because it just has never worked out the way that I thought it might. Um, it was never, you know, rolling there. So many of the guys that I've been through, they're already head coaches and they're doing those things. I mean, you know, shout out to them, right? Like they, they put the work in. We're all working hard, you know, no no, no, no hate at all. Um, we're all working hard. Um, but I was just starting to get to the point where I was like, man, maybe this is not going to happen for me. And so I get the opportunity with Highland. I have an okay year in 2019. Um, you know, it's just me still learning the system. Um, you know, just like a lot of unfortunate things happen. But... Um, I felt like we had a good year. There was a lot of promise. We had a lot of turnovers. We scored some touchdowns on defense. Um, there was just, there was some life, right? Um, and so, you know, Coach Z um, decides that he's going to step away. He's going to, you know, just lean in with family. Um, you know, get to see his son play college ball. There was just so many kind of cool opportunities that he had had ahead of him. And I think he just didn't want to miss those opportunities to, to be present for those things. And so, you know, he took that step. And that, that was cool. That was great for him. And um, it also opened up an opportunity for me to become the head coach. So, you know, I put my application in. I know I did work. Um, shout out to Pat Oren, the athletic director, um, for kind of, you know, seeing the value in what I was proposing. And, um, you know, the rest is now, you know, what they say, history. Um, and so, you know, last year we had a rough season with the pandemic. Um, but... And we had a surprise season because we weren't supposed to play till March. <laughs> and then, you know, like seven practices into our 10 practices, um, they say, actually, now get ready to play games, which uh, anybody who knows, like when you only have 10 practices in two months, it's really hard to go play games when you're overhauling your offense, defense, special teams, culture, you know, top to bottom in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and so even though we, you know, we went one and four during that time, we got four games to play, you know, we were in those games. And we were competitive and we were pushing our opponents kind of to the brink. And that was that was great. It was a it was a moment of like, all right, we, we didn't turn the whole thing around. Right. Not in the first year as much as I would have loved to do that. 
um, much of the dismay of, you know, I think uh, particularly the seniors and their parents, you know, that we, we weren't able to kind of do more. Um, and I, I get it. It's, it's human. Um, but it was, it, there was so much in that year um, to realize like, okay, you know, we're going to be able to, you know, get going a different direction here. Um, you know, we got, we have now, what, three guys that are all St. Paul performers from that year. Even though we went one and four, we, I mean, we, we had some ballers. And so, you know, I'm very excited to see what happens as we have, I think, four uh, players ranked in the state. And, um, you know, we're, we're just, we're taking our kind of slow kind of trajectory up. And uh, we're just hoping that this second year, which I consider our first full year uh, together at Highland, is better. Now, I should say I'm super proud of these dudes. Um, and I'll talk about the, that when I get to my why I'm excited, you know, <laughs> in this section. But I'm super proud of these dudes and I'm very happy. Um, but that's kind of the story of how I got at Highland. You know, it was actually filled with what I would say a lot of, a lot of gut-wrenching moments. Whether it was my internship, the number of times I had to walk away from the game, you know, for the betterment of my family. I was a stay-at-home dad for a year. You know, there was just a lot of times where I just didn't think it was going to happen. And I was really hurt, depressed about it. And um, so happy that it happened the way that it did, though. Um, to be, you know, sitting here the night before. Um, now it's 11.52, right? Sitting here the night before. Um, you know, my first my first training camp as a head coach and um, with, with some phenomenal coaches and some good players. So I cannot, I cannot understand how blessed I feel. Um, so what is, what is a coach thinking about, right? What is a coach thinking about the night before? Um, I'll be honest with you. The thing I'm thinking probably most about is just making sure that I show up tomorrow and rise to the, to the level to which my players expect. Um, I'm really, really focused on that. You know, my, my heart is really set on making sure that I become the coach um, that is worthy of the players that I'm trying to develop. Um, that's worthy of their respect, um, you know, that, that will trust when I admonish them, but that will also, that, that will also believe when I praise them. Um, and so I think the thing that's keeping me up tonight is just the nerves around, um, you know, am I going to be the guy they need me to be to get them where they need to go? And I think probably most about our seniors because they've been climbing the hill for a long time and it was not a cakewalk for them. They endured some challenging stuff, some really hard emotional, you know, psychological stuff to get to this point. And um, I think I, I very, I feel beholden to them, right? To try to do the best I can to give them a, an experience that's just worth having. That's worth having, worth remembering. Um, something that they can look back and be like, you know, that they don't live in the past, but man, that they always have warm feelings about what we did in 2021. So um, that's what I'm thinking about the night before. Um, you'd, you'd think I'd be thinking about plays and I, I got done, you know, working on play scripts and making sure things are tight and checking for coaches practice plans, and, you know, all the stuff that you got to do. But at the end of the day, my players are not going to remember the practice plan. They're going to remember um, if we had fun, they're going to remember if, if their coaches liked them. They're going to remember if they love their teammates. Um, they're going to remember how they felt about the game, um, even if they don't remember every game. And so that's what I, I think I feel most burdened with tonight is just making sure that I'm like my best self. Like I said, I'm rising to the occasion to be the guy they need me to be. Um, so what am I excited about? Um, I want to say the thing I'm, I'm most excited about right now is seeing seeing a lot of these dudes to change their bodies over. You know, Ernesto Bell, you know, just a phenomenal kid, great guy, dude's hilarious, you know, he's worked hard, I mean, I've, I've watched him, 
you know, be 300 pounds, and we're looking at him now, 240 pounds, you know, the guy lost so much weight, you know, even since January, and he got himself in, I mean, tip-top shape, kid looks phenomenal, um, he's confident, he's strong, you know, and uh, he just, he has a sense of himself now, and I'm really excited to see what that looks like on the field, you know, to see him be the kind of athlete he wants to be. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching Maddox uh, through heel, right? Like Maddox is a guy who, you know, last year was actually his first year playing and he actually played pretty well for us at tackle. Um, and, uh, you know, he had to step away uh, because of the pandemic. But, but you know, he came back. The kid worked super hard on his own, came back, worked all summer, um, really led well. He was a quiet leader, um, you know, took care of a lot of stuff that took care of a ton of things that we as coaches just couldn't do. And, you know, maybe he's not always going to get recognized for, but super excited just to see Maddox and, and his level of excitement. You know, he's focusing on his on his diet and his, his training. I mean, he just, he looks good. He feels good. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep pushing Maddox to be the best version of himself. Um, Andrew Ali, right? Like, he's a guy um, who came in and he was, he was kind of a chubby kid and all that kind of stuff. Man, if you see this guy now, y'all wouldn't believe it. You know, and we're, we're super proud of him both as, an, as a player because, you know, he's an all St. Paul. He's a, he's a you know, top 200 player in the state, you know, good player across the board. But the, the guy also got a sponsored offer from MIT, right? Like, so, you know, great academic. You know, he really already embodies a lot of the stuff that we're looking for. Um, another guy, Melvin Mensa. Um, you know, Melvin put on 20 pounds of muscle. You know, he was 130 pounds last year. This kid came back 150 um, and he, you know, he started out at 135 pound squats and he finished 275 pound squats at the end of our 10 week summer. So, I mean, the dude's not playing around, you know, he is, he is focused and he is ready and we're just, you know, continuing to push him and uh, kind of do the, the, I think the psychological game of getting him right. Um, I would say, I mean, look, there's a, he's the silent assassin. Um, you know, I call him big game, Shay Landa. Um, the kid just doesn't get flummoxed. He don't panic. Um, you know, it's so funny. Like if you just see all of his measurements on paper, you would just be like, okay, he's a, he's an average high school athlete, but that's not what you get when you see the kid play. He's, he's got something special. Um, you know, there's so many guys, I can't name them all, but I'm just going to try like Jerome Treadwell. You know, he's a, um, you know, he's a, he was one of the top defensive ends in the city, probably the top defensive end in the city. I don't know too many people that are better than this guy. Um, but, um, you know, but he's also, you know, doing a lot of social justice stuff, leading a lot of the youth movement, um, NCAA youth president. I mean, the guy's doing a ton of phenomenal amount of stuff. Um, Bonaire Vaughn, who's, uh, who's rising, you know, he's, he's challenging Shea. Um, right now they're, they're, they're competing for the top quarterback spot and they got about two weeks to figure that out. Um, but Bonaire just came back with a renewed mentality and we, we just found out every day this kid can do something else phenomenal. So there's so many people. I'm excited about. I should say too. I'm excited about our coaches. Right, we've got some new coaches. We got, um, you know, Coach Caleb Williams who's new. Um, uh, Coach Joe Breedice. Um, you know, there's a uh, who else is new? Um, you know, Coach uh, Rakestraw. So he's an alum of Desmond Rakestraw. He's an alum of Highland. Um, and and Desmond was with us, but he just did film last year. But he's <clears throat> actually getting more involved in our team, and also I think does the 11U um, for for. Um, for Palace and so you know he's really working because he wants to really help us create a strong pipeline of young players so we can just continue to grow our program um you know um and then we have so many returning coaches and, and they know who they are and they're just doing a phenomenal job too and so 
um, can't go without, you know, mentioning Bill Hunstock. Uh, you know, Bill has been coaching football longer than I've been alive. And um, I've, all, I've told him this all the time. I always appreciate the way that he's never treated me like a kid. You know, he's treated me like the head coach. And, you know, he's given his advice um, when he thinks I need it. Um, but he's, he's allowed me to take my lumps and, and do the learning I need to do. Um, and it will push me when he thinks maybe I'm not thinking completely. Um, also, really got to, uh, you know, show some appreciation uh, for Andrea Carol Franck. Um, she's Coach Andrea. She's a kicking coach. Um, so she's a soccer coach by trade. That's what her background is. And, and so we brought her in to help our kickers. Um, just like with her approach to the ball, contact, that kind of thing. She's really improved that. Um, but she's also, because she's worked with me in other capacities, like she's helping me implement my culture. She knows the culture that I want. She knows how it looks. She understands how kind of our um, translate for other people, <laughs> um, how I'm talking. And so she's our, our culture coach. And she's also helping us with kicking. Um, and there's and so many, right? So many coaches. Uh, Travis Evans, you know, he's, he's a guy I've been rocking with for what, like six years, man. This dude's like brother to me now and so um brooks miller um we got dca man d is taking the step up to be the offensive coordinator um you know we we just we just have such a oh man we we got um we got chad fanning he's a he's a university of minnesota alum uh played at de la salle um he's gonna he's our um, offensive uh line coach and he's been doing our strength and conditioning you know he's really already the guy we give a lot of credit to for how our players look physically i mean these guys got big and strong over the summer a lot of that is because of chad um can't go without mentioning joey kohler and jakai mason two alum um, of highland two guys that have just been nothing but just like loving dudes that have come back and just helped out as much as they could um in our program so it's just we just got so many phenomenal coaches uh coach india burton um she uh you know, she her heart is torn between Highland and, and uh, Patrick Henry, and we try to win her over. Um, but I think Patrick Henry always wins because she works there. She, you know, she's loved that place. She's been there for years. Um, but we're just appreciative of her. You know, she she helped us implement the rugby tackle, um, and she also um, works with Coach uh, Caleb Williams at the, with the linebacker spot. So I'm just really looking forward to all of our coaches. And I know I probably oh man, Ju Minson, right? Ju helping me out with receivers, man. The guy is great. Um, you know, he did a really good job with our receivers last year. You know, this year we're taking that step up, and JU's gonna, we're gonna make sure JU goes and we can watch him on TV one day, man. The guy can play. So, um, there's so many coaches, and I hope I didn't forget nobody. And if I did, y'all know I'm sorry. I'm trying to get all everybody in there, but um, just super pleased uh, to be a part of the staff that I'm just looking forward to seeing them be in that element. I'm looking forward to watching our players fulfill their promise, and I'm super excited just to be their head coach. That's, that's really what it is. So if you're wondering what a coach thinks about the night before the first practice, gratitude. That's what I'm grateful for. So um, I'm going to end it there. So if you want to hear more from Don't Kick Your Cones podcast, definitely check us out on Spotify. Just type in Don't Kick My Cones, um, you know, and, you know, subscribe to us. Uh, if you want to check out our Instagram page, it's HPSH underscore football. Um, you know, we're there. There's a lot of motivational stuff, a lot of great quotes. Um, we love to share things with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson has become kind of a master of vulnerability, something that we want to teach our players. So check us out on Instagram. You can join our Facebook community, HPSH football on Facebook, or you can just like our Facebook page, which is uh, you can join our Facebook group, I should say, HPSH football, or you can join our uh, Facebook page, HP football. 
um, on in, on Facebook, and then you can follow me on Twitter, and it should be at uh, Coach Brown HPSH. So uh, there's so many ways to get in touch with the program. Honestly, again, listen, subscribe to the podcast. I'll drop our website um, in our next one. I need to work on the URL so it's easier to share. But other than that, thanks so much, and don't forget, don't kick my cones. <laughs>